ESPN Radio. You're listening to ESPN Radio with Harry Douglas and Chris Candy. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and we got breaking news. Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley has been suspended indefinitely by the NFL for betting on the NFL. Uh, This comes in a statement from Commissioner Roger Goodell, a letter notifying Ridley of his suspension, and I quote, there is nothing more fundamental to the NFL's success and to the reputation of everyone associated with our league than upholding the integrity of the game. This is the responsibility of every player, coach, owner, game official, and anyone else employed in the league. Your actions put the integrity of the game at risk, threaten to damage public confidence in professional football, and potentially undermine the reputations of your fellow players throughout the NFL. For decades, gambling on NFL games has been considered among the most significant violations of league policy, warranting the most substantial sanction. In your case, I acknowledge and commend you for promptly reporting for an interview and for admitting your actions, end quote. Now, Harry, Mm. our social media correspondent, you've seen Calvin Ridley on social media responding to being suspended by the NFL. What do we have from Calvin Ridley in response to the letter that he he received from Commissioner Roger Goodell? Now, we'll start out with – a tweet that he sent yesterday, it said, I, I learned from my L's, and then an hour ago, he tweeted, I bet 1500 total. I don't have a gambling problem. Then after that, he said, I couldn't even watch football at that point. Now, 53 minutes ago, he stated on Twitter, just going to be more healthy when I come back. And 21 minutes ago, this is the latest one, he wrote, I was wrong, but I'm getting one year? Laugh out loud. But I'm going to tell Calvin, and I know Calvin, Put the phone down, man. This this not the move right now. <laughs> put, the, put the phone down. Oh man, you know it's I mean? like Herman would said, right? Don't press in when it comes yeah. to those social media t- Don't tweets. Press in. Don't press in. <laughs> because what it looks like, even if it might not be the situation, what what it looks like, okay, he has no remorse. He did what he did. Okay, I should I should not be getting a year for it. Put the phone down, man. You're not in your right state of mind right now. You're probably angry. You're probably heated that you got a year. Just put the phone down. Harry, what I don't get is how are you trying to defend the indefensible? Like throwing out the dollar exactly. figure doesn't doesn't make it look like like you are somebody that's a victim in this situation. If anything, it makes you look idiotic. It makes you look stupid. Why would you jeopardize the $11 million that you were scheduled to make in 2022 over a $1,500 parlay bet. It doesn't matter if you hit. It's not going to be the $11 million that you already got coming to you on your fifth-year option. So what sense did that make? That's the part that doesn't make sense. That's the part that doesn't add up to me, and that's why I question whether or not it could be some form of addiction. We know that he stepped away from the game with mental health issues in the second half of the NFL regular season. Uh, now, I don't want to cast aspersions on somebody, but it just it, it's illogical to make a decision like betting on the NFL when everybody that's involved in the game, whether you're a player, coach, uh, official, front office executive, everybody knows that this is one of the no-nos. You can't bet on football if you play football. 
You can't bet on the NFL if you play in the NFL. You just can't do it. Guess what, and Chris? so for you to decide to do this, even when you're away from the team, I, I just don't understand how you don't see the conflict of interest. You can, you have information, you have insight that nobody else in the public sphere has. Correct. You, you have information that the media doesn't have. You have information that the fans don't have. So when you decide to go down that road, it absolutely undermines the credibility of the game because now, you know what NFL fans are wondering? Oh, those games that I lost on, were there other NFL players betting on those games? Mm-hmm. On those games that I lost on, were there officials that were betting on those games? That was a shady call that those officials made at the end of the game. I wonder if they had money on it. All of those conversations already exist, and the NFL does its damnedest to try to make sure that they protect the integrity of the shield. But this is one of those things that flies in the face of it. And so now when you're dealing with this, it makes it tough for Roger Goodell to to try to dismiss the possibility that this could be more rampant, more pervasive than, than, than anybody wants to acknowledge. And then this is on the heels of Brian Flores several weeks ago in his uh, federal lawsuit that he filed against the Dolphins, the Giants, and the Denver Broncos, the allegations that he made against Dolphins owner Stephen Ross in saying that Stephen Ross came to him and asked him to tank games in 2019 to improve draft position. Again, another integrity of the game issue. And so with gambling becoming more widespread, with, with more people being interested in the National Football League because of the gambling interest, like this, this becomes a problem that Goodell now has to try to navigate. And I don't think it's... I don't think it's going to get any easier with, with, you know, the more prominent sports gambling becomes, the more accessible sports gambling becomes. Uh, according to Albert Breer, this is something that Calvin Ridley did from his smartphone on an app. Th- th- that's how easy it is to place a bet. And so you have in to wonder, in, in his name. So you have to wonder, like, is this something that could potentially continue to be an issue? Let's go out to Don in Dallas. Don, you're on ESPN Radio. What's up? Hey, uh, yeah, man, I I find this ironic. They always talk about the integrity of the game when you got um, – can't think of his name right now because I don't even want to give his name, but the owner of the Washington Commanders making racial comments and other stuff like that. And you got coaches, me owners, asking uh, coaches to take games. But they're not going after those guys, but they're going after this guy here that was out of the league under mental health. That's just ridiculous to me, man. I mean, like, who's integrity going after theirs or somebody else's? I mean, like, various, they got various levels of integrity for the league. Don, I'm right there with you, man. I, I mean, that, that that is a serious allegation that Brian Flores made against Stephen Ross, and we'll have to wait to see what happens in court. Um, that's that's a federal lawsuit, and that, that proceeding is ongoing. But you're right. I mean, it does feel like there is a degree of hypocrisy with all of it, but I think the message that the NFL is trying to send is you don't bet on the games, the outcome of the games, because there's so much at stake with fans having trust and confidence that you're presenting a product that's above board, that, that a product that the outcome is not predetermined. And I think that's the most important thing that Roger Goodell is trying to protect. Like with, with what's going on in the Washington Commanders and the workplace environment, I don't know that that necessarily impacts what you see on the field. But when you have a player, an active player in the NFL, betting on the outcome of the game, to me, 
that is a much different, I guess, action. And, and, and that is something that could potentially be more detrimental in terms of the public's confidence in your sport. Chris, I'll even say this, and let me know if I'm wrong, but every head coach that I played for um, in training camp got up and talked about that rule book and actually pointed out the gambling thing because they know that players like to gamble, right? But they always would say, hey, you cannot bet on NFL games because you play this sport. Now, I, did, your, did any of your head coaches get up in the, in the team meeting room in training camp and, and talk about that? It was always our player development people, Harry. Like okay. it was every the player development staff. Um, they would come in and they would talk about the rule book, how you're responsible for everything in it. And here's the thing that everyone needs to know: at the beginning of every year, you're given a copy of the NFL's and the club that you play for their rule book, and you actually have to sign a contract saying that you received both the NFL rules and the club's rules. So you're responsible for that. You're responsible for, whether you read it or not, you're responsible for it. And it outlines in both of them that you're not supposed to bet on the sport. Am I wrong, Harry? 100% right. You get that every year. So there is no excuse. You can't say Calvin Ridley didn't know or he was unaware. The reality is he knew the rule, he broke the rule, and this is the consequence. Let's go out to David in Minneapolis real quick. David, you're on ESPN Radio. What's up? Hey, Chris, can you hear me? We got you loud and clear. What you got right. for us? Well, the, uh, I, I'm not trying to defend Ridley, uh, but I think you're being harsh to say he should get a lifetime ban. And, you know, this all this conversation about integrity of the game, the NFL hid what they knew about concussions. And then they later defended a decision to use race to determine with, if former players should get paid for being injured by concussions. So my question to you is, does the NFL have integrity? Yeah, I, listen, David, you'll get no pushback from me on both of those fronts. I am not going to sit here and act like I am not aware of the hypocrisy that the NFL owners operate from. The key difference, though, is they own the teams. Most of these NFL owners have stakes in these gambling companies, these apps, whether it's DraftKings, FanDuel, Caesar Sportsbooks. Most of these NFL owners have an interest in those companies. So they're benefiting from having gambling be, be so prominent in and around its sport. But I think when we start having a conversation about protecting the entertainment product on the field and making sure that fans have confidence when they place those bets, that the players or the coaching staff, the people that are involved that are making decisions to determine the outcome don't have an ulterior motive or don't have an interest in a gambling interest in the outcome of that game. I think that's the big difference when it comes to this. So this is something for us to keep an eye on. We're going to continue to talk about it because this is the biggest story right now in sports. But coming up next, we got to talk about what we saw from Jason Tatum putting on a show yesterday at TD Garden. We got to get into that. This is Harry Douglas and Chris Canny, ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. HD and CC on ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas and Chris Canny. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on Twitter at hdouglas83 and at chriscanny99. And Harry, we got to get into what happened in TD Garden yesterday with Jason Tatum. But before we do that. Let's go out to the hotline and bring on Josh from South Carolina. Josh, you're on ESPN Radio. What's up? 
Josh, you there? Yes, sir. What's up? What you got for us? Hey, so I feel like a lot of the callers that I heard calling in are stuck on the word integrity when it comes to this Calvin Ridley thing, and they're going with the moral integrity and the things that we see be wrong from the outside. But I feel like this is more of a legitimacy of play issue and the fact that we don't want this to turn into the WWE where we feel like everything's already scripted out. I completely agree. I think that's what it's about. I understand the NFL has some issues that it can't necessarily stand on the moral high ground, but one of the things that we've always been able to say is that the NFL is the ultimate reality television in terms of not knowing the outcome of the game and that anything can happen. Nobody expected that the 49ers were going to go into Lambeau Field and upset the Green Bay Packers, the number one seed, with Jimmy Garoppolo. Nobody thought that they were going to do that to the two-time reigning defending MVP, but it happened. And so I think making sure that you can protect the integrity of the game and not be left to wonder whether or not that was scripted or whether or not somebody um, you know, benefited from that inappropriately is what Roger Goodell is faced with when trying to protect the credibility of his entertainment product. That's where I stand on it, Harry. That's why I think the NFL is coming down hard on Calvin Ridley with this. And the indefinite suspension, you hope, can be a deterrent to players that would consider betting on the NFL in the future. Yeah, and Calvin Ridley, y'all got a lot of people got to realize Calvin Ridley is a big name, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because Josh Josh Shaw is that his name that got the year uh, back yep. in 2019. Yep. No one that really heard of that, right? So when you have a guy like Calvin Ridley, who's a big name, everyone is going to see that and understand that. So the NFL was like, okay. We got to nip all this in the bud now so we don't have future issues and future problems. But as far as what you just mentioned, though, Chris, that's what makes the NFL so glorious, right? No one expected the Cincinnati Bengals to make the Super Bowl either. No one knew Joe Burrow was going to lead his team to an AFC championship game and then they're going to be playing the Rams. Everybody probably expected that was going to be Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. But that's the beauty of this sport, the National Football League, is that things aren't scripted out. You don't, you have the unknown, and anything can happen on any given day or any given weekend. Yep, and speaking of anything being able to happen, we saw that yesterday in TD Garden with Jason Tatum going off for 54 points, and it was his fourth 50-point-plus game in a Celtics uniform, tying him with the franchise record with Larry Bird, pretty good company to be in. Since the NBA-ABA merger, only three players have had more 50-point games before turning 25 years old. Those three players, Harry, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Kobe Bryant. That just goes to show you how special Jason Tatum is. When you hear that, what do you think when it comes to Jason Tatum and how far he can take this Celtics team? I I think he's top five in the National Basketball Association when it comes to one-on-one play, being able to get a bucket when his team needs it. he doesn't settle for what the defense want him to do. He's going to get into a sweet spot, whether it's mid-range, whether it's the three-point line, whether it's driving the lane. Did a great job yesterday again to the free throw line, shooting 17 free throws. I believe he made 14 of those. Mm-hmm. But just have, being in control at all times, and then when they decided they want to double-team him, okay, well, I'm going to hit my compadre, the other guy that I feel like I can score at will, and let him get a wide-open shot, which is basically a layup for an NBA player, and he knocked it down and put the dagger in the, in the heart of the Brooklyn Nets. So I love everything about Jason Tatum, and I think he's only going to get better, better and better and better each year. Harry, here's the one thing I didn't understand about yesterday's game from the Nets' perspective. Why in the world did they, didn't they put Kevin Durant on him in the fourth quarter? 
I mean, Jason Tatum absolutely closed the show. He had 36 points through the first three quarters, but dropped 18 in the fourth quarter, and that was the decisive quarter for the Boston Celtics. I mean, this was a back-and-forth game. Neither team held a double-digit lead, so you knew it was going to be closely contested. Why in a game where you know the other team's superstar is on fire, you wouldn't put your most versatile defender in Kevin Durant on that guy to try to stop him from getting buckets? Help me make that make sense. No, it doesn't make sense because basically, this is what my coach used to describe, you got a little piss ant guarding you. Trying to guard Jason Tatum and all he's going to do is fade away and shoot over top of him or he's stronger than him, so he's going to out-muscle him to the basket. But I would have loved to see Kevin Durant in that situation take it amongst himself, especially in the last six or seven minutes of the game and say, you know what, coach, I got him. I'm fighting over every screen. Y'all, we fighting through every screen. I got Tatum so I can try to stop him. But that's not what happened. And you've seen the uh, the Brooklyn Nets come out on the losing end of things because Jason Tatum made them pay each and every time down the basketball court. Yeah, I mean, Jason Tatum scored on seven different Nets defenders, including giving Bruce Brown 17 points. So whatever plan Steve Nash had to try to slow down Tatum, let's just call that ineffective at the least. But uh, we'll have more on that when we get to the other side of the break. Also coming up next... We've got Mina Kimes. She's going to chime in on the Calvin Ridley situation and, of course, all things NFL. But first, this word from Wendy's. The number one pick is in. It's Wendy's Breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup like the Breakfast Baconator, my personal favorite, or Honey Butter Chicken Biscuit. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends – Oven-baked sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and a simply orange juice to bring it home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. More ESPN Radio back after this. ESPN Radio. I'm Christine Lisi. Here's what's happening. NFL Commissioner Raj Goodell has suspended Falcons receiver Calvin Ridley through at least the 2022 season for betting on NFL games this past season. ESPN's Adam Schefter reporting the NFL investigation determined Ridley placed bets involving three, five, and eight games that included the Falcons to win. The $1,500 bet by Ridley will cost him dearly, explains Schefter. He now will be out of football in 2022. He will not collect his $11.1 million base salary. He will be eligible if he's reinstated to collect it in 2023. Then he would become a free agent if he's reinstated in 2024. So everything got pushed back. Source told ESPN's David Purdom the NFL learned of Ridley's betting activity through its relationships within the legal sports betting industry. Much more on this story on ESPN Radio throughout the night, as well as SportsCenter on the, at the top of the hour on ESPN TV. Jets owner Woody Johnson vying to become the latest NFL owner to buy into the English Premier League, readying a bid for Chelsea FC in the EPL. Harry Douglas and Chris Canny on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. All show, we've been reacting to the breaking news coming out of Atlanta. Breaking news is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. And with that, we got to go out to the hotline and bring on ESPN NFL analyst Mina Kimes. And Mina, we always appreciate a few moments of your time, but I just wanted to get your initial reaction to the news about Calvin Ridley being suspended indefinitely for betting on games in 2021. 
Whew. I mean, I, I, like everyone else, I'm kind of processing this because it's so unusual. Uh, it's not unprecedented, but it is in recent history, and it is also happening at a moment when the league has embraced gambling, which I think is important context for all of this because um, I don't think it would be inaccurate to say that they're setting an example here with Ridley. Uh, you know, right now, guys, my reaction is I just kind of feel sad. I mean, to I, I won't say throw away a career because it's a year right now. We'll hurt, pardon me, it's indeterminate, but we'll see. But to throw away this kind of potential um, for, you know, uh, what appears to be a very, very stupid mistake, I really don't think there's a word other than sad that you can use to describe it. Um, I also think, you know, it's not unfair or un, uh, inaccurate to look at this punishment in the context of other punishments, lesser punishments that the NFL has handed out for violent crimes and asked questions about the severity of it. But at the moment, like I said, I just feel pretty sad. Well, certainly the hypocrisy of it all because the NFL feels like they're trying to stand on a moral high ground when it comes mm-hmm. to protecting the credibility of their entertainment product, the integrity of the product that's on the field. But, Mina, I got to ask you this. Is the punishment that Roger Goodell is levying in this situation, in your opinion, going to be enough of a deterrent to keep other players from going down the same road? I think it will. I mean, this is a pretty extreme punishment, especially given what we know so far, which is, you know, not only was Ridley completely away from football, he bet on the Falcons, apparently, as part of some kind of parlay or whatever. So, you know, it's not like a using information to bet against your own team sort of situation, and um, you know, which I think would probably merit greater scrutiny. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, we're talking about a guy who says he bet $1,500 and is losing $11 million. Uh, you know, the NFL is very clear with its players about this, but I can't imagine that this – scenario won't scare uh, the entire league frankly because it's so it's so severe and Mina that was my mindset of it all because Josh Shaw I was talking to Canty about this I didn't even know about the Josh Shaw thing and him betting and getting the year ban but Calvin Ridley is a big name and it's going to be eye-opening for a lot of players and set that 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 bar to hey listen if you guys go down this path it may be even harsher punishment but I gotta ask you what do you think the next steps for Calvin Ridley should be? And I, I say this first. It shouldn't be tweeting because he's tweeting right now and there aren't tweets yes. that he should be sending at, at this moment. Especially given that I, I imagine he's going to try to appeal this in some way. I don't really know if it's possible or whatever. But to that end, yeah, I would say stop tweeting. That's probably good advice for everyone in any <laughs> situation, honestly. Um, don't hear out your feelings on Twitter. But, um, you know, I, I, I hope he finds a way to get back into the league and um, after serving whatever punish, punishment this ends up being because talent, extraordinarily talented young player has battled, has been open about battling, you know, mental health issues. Um, again, none of this is to say he didn't do something really, really stupid, but I do think, you know, there is also a place for empathy in all of this and hope that he can get back into football. Talking with ESPN NFL analyst Mina Kimes on ESPN Radio. And Mina, earlier today I was watching Get Up with Dan Orlovsky and Dominique Foxworth, and they drove me crazy with their Aaron Rodgers takes and saying that he earned the right to take as much time as he needs in order to make his decision. And I guess my point to all of this is his decision affects the football futures of so many players on the Green Bay Packers. And ultimately, the Packers can't get to the business of those other players before first addressing the contract in the $46.6 million cap hit that Aaron Rodgers is scheduled to make uh, at the start of the new league year. And so in order for them to get under the salary cap, and right now I think they're $25 million over, 
And then on top of that, the Devontae Adams franchise tag, which could push it to $45 million. I, I just don't understand how the Green Bay Packers are going to operate without being able to come to some kind of conclusion about Aaron Rodgers' future. Yeah, you're right. I mean, as far as Aaron Rodgers, you know, he can do whatever he wants. He has no obligation sure. to do anything yeah. in particular. But you're, you're absolutely right that his decision is going to determine the futures of a lot of other players on this team and the ability to um, manage their roster because right now it's impossible to know what their cap looks like. I can tell you this. Aaron Rodgers is not going to play for the Green Bay Packers for a cap hit of $46 million next year. No. He can go one of two ways. They can either restructure his deal with an extension, uh, and then that would clear up some space that they can But they'd have to come to some, some kind of agreement with them, correct? Exactly. Yeah, 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 100%. So they'd have to come to an ex- I'm saying there's two ways to go. There's the extension. Then after tagging Adams, which they'll do regardless, they can do a deal with Adams, figure out, you know, Tunyon, Lazard, Devonder Campbell, whatever. Or he wants out. And that's fine, too. Then there's some clarity. Okay, he's gone. Here's the picks. Here's our situation. Are we rebuilding or not? Here's what we do with Adams. But none of those decisions can be made until he makes a choice, which is either stay or go. Meaning the 2022 NFL Combine just just finished up, just got completed. Who was one player that stood out the most to you? Well, the truth is the entire Georgia defense. (laughs) (laughs) Like, watching them, my my biggest takeaway from this combine was that if Georgia didn't win the national championship, uh, we would be watching the combine with a lot of questions because they look like the freaking monsters out there. Like, I think even their punter ran some kind of crazy 40. But, no, um, you know, Jordan Davis had the the performance of the combine um, with his outrageous 40 time. He was 478 at – 4.78, 4.78, pardon me, at 340-plus pounds, breaking records with his broad jump as well, just incredible agility on display. And that's important because I think there's going to be a lot of healthy debate over the next month over how high Jordan Davis should be drafted on account of his position, uh, the limited stamp count at Georgia, what that'll look like in the NFL. But I'll tell you this, hard to walk away from that combine, not impressed with that kid. Mina, speaking of positional value, I know one guy you've been caping for is Kyle Hamilton, safety out of Notre Dame. You said not only is he one of the best safeties in this draft, but you think he might be the best player in this draft. Now, I know he didn't run as fast as everybody expected to at the combine. I want to say his number was 459 in the 40-yard dash, Mm -hmm. but the tape speaks differently when it comes to his his range, his speed on the field. Uh, And so I got to ask you this question. Where does a player like that slot in in today's NFL? What, what kind of draft capital do you exhaust to bring on a guy that plays safety in the National Football League? I think he's worth a top five pick, obviously. Wow. Like, I, I mean, dude, like he, to me, the best comp for him in the NFL right now is Derwin James. And I think Derwin James is worth a top five pick. Uh, obviously, he didn't go that high to the yeah. Chargers, but – He's the kind of player you build an entire defense around, and you think, you know, okay, we start here, whether you're the Texans, ugh, which would be rough for him, or the Jets or whoever, <laughs> and you say, all right, here is the core of our defense. By the way, beyond all the football stuff, intangibles reportedly off the, tra- the charts, We are he is our building block. His versatility allows us to do so much with our passing defense in terms of disguise and getting quarterbacks different looks and uh, his ball production is off the charts as well. That I, I feel like he is like player one that you start if you have a bad defense, uh, which is I, know, I realize you know a, a role we typically assign to edge rushers, but he is that special. And I also think the game has evolved to a point where a safety can make that kind of impact. All right. Well, we appreciate a few minutes of your time, Mina. I don't necessarily agree with that. You know, I'm always about the defensive lineman and being able to hit the I quarterback. Know you are. 
But that's that's neither here nor there. But appreciate a few moments of your time. We look forward to talking to you next week. Bye, guys. All right. That is ESPN NFL analyst Mina Kimes jumping on with Harry Douglas and Chris Canny on ESPN Radio. Coming up next, more reaction to the Calvin Ridley story. This thing has a whole lot of layers. Harry and I will break it all down for you. You're listening to ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas and Chris Canny on ESPN Radio. And, Harry, I know we are in the heart of the NBA regular season, but it feels like it's wedding season, too, and it's just the month of March. But I went to a wedding last weekend. You were at a wedding with one of your former teammates this past weekend. And, of course, we've seen the the clips of the videos of Aaron Rodgers officiating the wedding of one David Bakhtiari, his left tackle. So it's a lot of weddings going on on this one. Can you give us the play-by-play on how you fared this weekend at your former teammate's wedding? Oh, Chris, it was amazing. First, I need to tell everyone, I, I haven't drinking liquor, alcohol since July. And this past weekend was the first time I've drinking alcohol. I went and got an IV yesterday before I did prime time. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't miss it, Chris. I don't think I'm going back to it because I just felt discombobulated yesterday. So I will say that. But I will tell you, it was one of the most beautiful and most fun weddings I've ever been to in my life. The DJ, Chris, knew the tunes to play. He played the right tunes from old school R&B to trap music to swag and surfing. And we was all in there dancing in unison with one another like no other. So shout out to Roddy White and Katie White, Catherine White. That's her new name. She got my big brother's last name. Shout out to that lovely couple. They're on their honeymoon right now. I think in ooh, I can't remember the name. So I'm gonna stop right there, Chris. Yeah, that's probably because you had a few too many drinks. But shout out to Roddy White. I thought I'd never see the day when that dude got married <laughs> because that was one of the first calls I always made when I came to the A because he was the unofficial mayor when he was balling for the Atlanta Falcons. And you know what I'm talking about, Harry Douglas. Yes, if you needed to know where to go, Roddy Wright could point you in the right direction. And most times. He'd be right there with you. But you're right, man. When it's wedding season, it's one of those things that you have to prepare for. And and I guess as we get a little bit older, it becomes more of a struggle to be able to party and kick it like we used to. I think the DJ has to be a big part of it. You know I'm planning for my wedding later on this summer. It's August in Chicago. And nailing down the DJ is the most important thing because that's how you get the right vibe for the wedding. Like you said, you got to have the New Jack swing, the 80s and 90s R&B hip-hop, but then you got to know when to turn it up and get a little bit of ratchet. You know when some of the older folks start leaving the reception, that's when the younger (laughs) folks need to start turning up. So I'm just saying, was it that kind of environment? Was it that type of game plan at your wedding this weekend? Yeah, but the old folks, they they wanted in on everything. Another thing I had to do, Chris, I had to ice my knees. I had made a little cold tub when I got to the hotel room and everything. Ice machine got me a cold yeah, tub. Yeah, let me, let, me let me do you a favor, man, free piece of advice. When Lil John talking about get low, just realize you can't get low no more. That's not Fact. you right now. Fact. But right now, we got to switch gears. You're listening to Harry Douglas and Chris Caddy, ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas and Chris Canny on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Tap in on the Canny call-in line, 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. And, Harry, we've been reacting to the Calvin Ridley news all show long. This is definitely a bombshell 
It's going to dominate the the sports media cycle for the next 24 to 48 hours just because we're not used to seeing players of this prominence, this kind of prominence, being involved with something as salacious as this. Of course, Calvin Ridley gambling on NFL games in 2021. This goes back to November of 2021 when he was not with the team. Um, He was, was, uh, you know, I guess the NFL went through their investigative process and determined that he did bet on the Atlanta Falcons game. Now, he bet on them to win as a part of a parlay, but he did bet on the Atlanta Falcons game. And so, Harry, this is an integrity of the game issue, and Roger Goodell said as much in the letter that he sent to Calvin Ridley explaining how detrimental his actions could be to the NFL. And I quote, There is nothing more fundamental to the NFL's success and to the reputation of everyone associated with our league than upholding the integrity of the game. This is the responsibility of every player, coach, owner, game official, and anyone else who is employed by the league. In your case, <clears throat> you are the, 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 your actions put the integrity of the game at risk, threaten to damage public confidence in professional football, and potentially undermine the reputation of your fellow players throughout the NFL, end quote. And so, Harry, I, I don't know where the NFL goes as far as trying to insulate himself, itself from, you know, these types of actions, but I do know this. Calvin Ridley being suspended for a year is just, just the start in terms of the NFL making sure that they make the policies that they have when it comes to their employees betting on the NFL clear as they possibly can. And a lot of people are saying that the punishment is harsh. Is it harsh? Yes. But at the same time, Calvin Ridley is a big name. They got to make an example out of somebody because they don't want this stuff to get out of control because one thing the NFL is going to do, they're going to protect that shield. That's what, what my wide receiver coach taught me when I first got into the league. The NFL don't care nothing about anything but that shield. And if they're going to protect – they are going to protect it any way possible. Now, when it comes to Calvin Ridley – he does have a chance to appeal this, but at the same time, the tweets that he's sending out over and over and over again isn't helping his case. And every coach just about in the National Football League, they get up in training camp, and in your case, Chris, your player development person, uh, when you played in the league, they speak about these type of things. They speak about gambling. You can bet on other things, other sports. You can't bet on the sport that you're playing and they make you sign a document saying that you read the rule book and you received the rule book of things that you cannot do when it comes to the National Football League and whatever club that you're playing. So this is very inexcusable. It's a mistake that Calvin Ridley made. Will he come back from this? Yes. But at the same time, he has to look in the mirror and understand that you can't do that. At the end of the day, I understand the punishment is harsh, but you can't do it. Just don't gamble and you won't be in this situation or just don't gamble on the sport that you're playing or the sport that you're involved in. Well, Harry, I'll say this. You're more confident than I am that Calvin Ridley's going to come back from this. I don't know. Based on what we've seen from him tweeting today and him talking about, you know, how you know he'd only bet $1,500 and he knows he was wrong but being suspended for an entire year, LOL, I don't know that you're sending the right message in terms of, the level of contrition you should have for what you did. You're undermining the integrity of the game. The NFL is a 17 or $18 billion business, and this is the last thing that they can afford with how prominent sports gambling is. A lot of fans have chosen to engage 
in sports gambling around the NFL. It's a part of what's going to grow the revenue for the sports, which the players are going to directly benefit from. So for Calvin Ridley, this shows a complete lack of awareness by not realizing the mistake that you made and accepting some degree of accountability for it. This this thing is not a guarantee that it's only going to be a one-year suspension. He's suspended indefinitely, and then he has an opportunity to file a petition for reinstatement on or after February 15th of 2023, and this is pursuant to the NFL-NFLPA collective bargaining agreement. So I would say this, when it comes to Calvin Gridley, I'm not sure that him going down this road and being overly critical of the NFL is the right way to go. Now, this is from Michael Rothstein. He joined our show. He's Atlanta Falcons ESPN reporter, and this is what he had to say about when the Falcons became aware of the situation with Calvin Ridley. Take a listen. Yeah, the Falcons found out February 9th that Calvin Ridley was being investigated. And obviously now we're looking at almost a month later, and now Calvin Ridley will not be with the Falcons for at least the 2022 season. My understanding is that his contract, which is $11.1 million guaranteed for next season, will toll. So that means that it will be off the books this year, and it will now be on the 2023 books. But, of course, if you're the Falcons now, you have to wonder, well, A, will he be reinstated? And, B, even if he is, do you want him back after what happened? It's a, it's a really difficult question right now. And leaves Calvin Ridley in just more interesting situations when it comes with the team. Because, remember, he missed two-thirds of the season this past year dealing with mental health issues. Yeah, and so that's the thing that you have to consider. Like, he, he did miss – a substantial portion of the season with mental health issues, Harry. And I hate to speculate about a mind state that somebody is that somebody's in when they're going through mental health issues, but you know, coupling the news that we're getting now about him with the gambling and now and then the mental health side of it, it makes you wonder whether or not there could be some type of addiction at play when it comes to what Calvin Ridley is going through right now. Because fifteen hundred dollars seems hardly worth it to jeopardize an $11 million salary that he had coming to him in 2022. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up whatsoever. And But then the, also the notion that he did this in his own name and didn't have the awareness to put it in someone else's name that's close to him or one of his homeboys or somebody else. Like yeah, exactly. Like the right, the, way to, the, right, the right way to do the wrong thing, right, Harry? Yeah, like, <laughs> like, <I'm>, like <laughs> where, where are your partners at that's supposed to be your boys? You know, somebody, don't put it in your own name. That's, that's, that might be one-on-one, like rule one-on-one, baseline one-on-one, right? Yeah, like, like Chris Carter says, you got to have yourself a fall guy, man. Yeah. <laughs> if something like this happens, you got to have one of your partners take the, take the rap for this one. You, you can't fall on the sword for something so, so simple, but something that's also so egregious when it comes to a violation of the NFL's rule book. And this is something that all players are made aware of. You sign on the first day of training camp, you sign a letter that says you got the rule book and you understand it. So that's where Calvin Ridley is. We'll have to get to where Aaron Rodgers is coming up next. This is ESPN Radio.